Hello and happy 2020. You're listening to the first episode of season three of Brave and Boss the podcast. I'm really excited to do my year in review today. So I'm going through 10 things I did right and wrong in 2019. And I'm going to show you how to go through this process yourself as well for your business. So let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hey, thank you so much for tuning back into Brave and Boss, the podcast. I hope you had a wonderful holidays and a happy new year. I'm super excited to go through this episode today, and I'm excited that it's actually January when this will be listened to and not March, which is when I did this episode last year. So I've definitely gotten ahead of the game, which is amazing um, because it's important to do a year in review right as the year is ending. Otherwise, what is the point? So I went back and I listened to my um, year in review from last year where I reviewed 2018 and I didn't do five. I didn't do 10 things. I did like 15 or 16 things, which is a lot. So this year I tried to call it down to five things I did right and five things I did wrong in 2019 in my business. Um, but I wanted to go back and see if there was any continuity in between what I was doing right and wrong, um, year over year. Cause I think that's interesting to look at as well. So I actually re-listened to my own podcast, which is so weird. I don't like listening to the sound of my own voice. So, um, that was a little trippy, but, um, I will link to that episode in the show notes because there's a template in there that you can print. If you guys like printables, totally free, print it off and spend, you know, 30, 40 minutes just going through your year and thinking about what worked for you this year, what didn't work for you this year in your business. And so before I dig into what worked and what didn't work, I want to talk a little bit about um, what I'm going to focus on here. So Brave and Boss, I'm not going to really talk about in this process because Brave and Boss is essentially kind of volunteer work for me. I don't really get paid. Well, I don't get paid for this podcast. I actually have somebody editing who I pay to edit the episodes. And although I do some coaching, mentor coaching for Marie Forleo's B-School, which is coming up with enrollment very, very soon, um, and that's a paid position, um, I consider it pretty separate from the podcast because it's run by the same company, but um, it's just a completely different business and it's not really my focus. Encircled, my ethical fashion line is my core focus. So this year in review is going to focus primarily on that. There may be a little bit of personal stuff in here because as you know, as an entrepreneur, personal business are very much linked. Um, but I'm going to try and keep it pretty focused on, um, what I feel like really move the needle the most in the business or move me backwards, I guess, in the business. And as I'm recording this right now, our year is actually not totally complete. Um, but I know that we're trending on a year where 
I think as a brand, we struggled a lot, especially in the front half of the year. So I'll talk a little bit about that here um, and how all these different things play into it. But if you can't look back and see what you did right and wrong in the quarter of the year, the month, whatever, you're never going to really learn from your mistakes. Um, and you're just going to keep going forward and making the same mistakes um, and not really taking anything from them. So this process is really important to repeat whenever you can. Um so let's dig in and I'm going to kind of do what I did last year, which was alternate. So I'm going to do one thing I did right and one thing I did wrong um, and kind of flip back and forth for you guys and hope you like it. All right. So let's start off with one thing I did right in 2019. So I hired an assistant. Now that sounds super bougie um, and trust me, I'm feeling you on this, but one of the things I realized when I was going through um, talking about, so coming out of 2018, I just fired a very high level hire who only lasted a few months and encircled. Um, and one of the reasons I, anyways, I won't get into a lot of the reasons why she was fired, but she didn't have the competence to be in the role. And when I sat down with my investor at the time, the president of the fund, she suggested that I need somebody to help me with administrative stuff. Um, cause I'm doing a lot of like financial stuff and bookkeeping. And even though we have an accounting firm, there's a lot of, um, day-to-day bookkeeping, HR operations, et cetera, et cetera, that was very distracting for me. Um, so she suggested that I hire an assistant and quite honestly, if she hadn't suggested it, I might not have done it because I felt like, who am I to hire an executive assistant? Like, who do I think I am? Um, and I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I don't know at what level people get assistance. And it sounds like very luxurious. But when I started to think about all the things that I was spending my time on in the business, like managing our studio space, dealing with the landlord, deal- ordering the snacks, like um, making sure everybody was doing the chores, uh, all the recruiting, the job descriptions, the postings, um, all of the expense reports, reminding people about payroll and holidays. And it was a lot of like admin stuff. And quite frankly, that's not the best use of my time. So as I get a bit more senior in my business, I realize that you really have to look at your time and what it's worth. And your time is not worth probably, and my time is not worth ordering snacks for the office or figuring out why, you know, our landlord won't fix our cracks in the wall and harassing him by email every day. It's, it's important, but it's not the best use of my time. So I started to come up with a list of just a bunch of stuff that I was working on and formed it into an assistant role, like an executive assistant. I started hiring. We got a ton of amazing applications and I made it kind of executive assistant and studio operations manager because I wanted somebody who could help with the front of house, like retail operations. And it really came down to two candidates and definitely I leaned more towards one because she just seemed like a better fit, um, spiritually, emotionally. I just really liked her as a person and she had a lot of good experience and seemed really aligned with our values. So I hired her and she's our, my assistant. She's still here a year later, which is great. Um, but her role I will talk about has evolved quite a bit. Um, which I'll talk about a little bit more later, probably on this. So she's not doing as much assistant stuff for me anymore. So that's something I need to work on 
uh, again, but I will say that I hired her above what I had planned to pay. And I had a conversation with myself mentally about that because sometimes, and I'm not sure if you can relate to this, I try to go really cheap on some positions. Like I don't want to invest that much money to hire certain roles because they're entry level, whatever. This role particularly needed some experience in it. And I felt like I need to get the right person. Cause if I pay an extra like five grand for somebody and they're amazing, it's going to be so worth it rather than hiring somebody for five grand less that maybe is not as competent. So it was a real debate for me because she was a very expensive hire for our team. Um, but it's definitely paid off for sure. She's now involved in customer love, in our shows, in our studio, and in HR. Um, and we really need to actually reorg a bit so that she gets a, or somebody gets a little bit more involved in my scheduling and stuff like that. Um, but initially she started off doing a lot of my scheduling and managing my inbox and stuff like that, which she still does, but it can become very overwhelming, especially with, um, events and shows when somebody gets involved in that, because it is a lot of to do's. Um, but she's been invaluable to the team and she just has a great attitude. So I was really happy I did that. All right. So the first thing I did wrong in 2019, so I didn't watch the right numbers. And if you listen to last year's episode, um, I did a really good job of tracking key performance indicators or AKA KPIs, um, and watching the money and cash flow forecasting. And I'd say that like continued this year, but what I wasn't watching was a number that's critically important to growth and e-commerce. And I wasn't watching it because I honestly, I didn't know I should be watching it. I knew I should be watching average order value, which was going in the right direction, conversion rate, which was struggling, um, you know, channel growth, revenue growth. But I sat there, you know, in the summer and was like, I just don't understand what's going on with our business. Like, you know, yes, we, la- we plan to launch a bunch of products. We canceled them. They didn't launch, blah, blah, blah. That really impacted our revenue in a negative way. Um, and it was the first year where we really struggled with revenue, quite frankly. Um, the other years just felt like easier. You could just send out an additional email and everything was just working. This year, there was a lot of stuff that broke um, in addition to the MailChimp Shopify c- connection, which broke and totally screwed us over for at least three months in email marketing um, while we implemented Klaviyo. Um, but I, I wasn't watching the right numbers and I really only realized this somewhat recently. So this is something I'm going to share with you and hopefully will be valuable for you. Um, but my mentor actually told me who's relatively new. She just started working with me in November and she's uber successful. I don't know how in the world I got hooked up with her, but she's like the president and CEO of this really large e-commerce brand in a non-competitive category. She asked me what my percentage of new customers were versus repeat on a monthly basis. And this was something that I don't think I really understood as a metric, but now I know that it's important to keep this above 60%. And one of the reasons is if it's not above 60%, you're marketing too much to repeat customers, which is fine. You want customers to repeat, but if you're not growing with new customers, it's going to be very difficult without just launching new products all the time to get um, growth in your business. So that's something I've started to track against, and it is a key um, performance indicator for 2020. 
to get that at the right balance. Because when I looked back at what happened in 2019, I could see starting in late 2018 that our new to exist uh, repeat customer ratio flipped. So it actually went from like 60-40 to like 50-50, then to like 40-60. And I'm talking primarily on my Canadian store, not on my US store. Um, so that was a number, I was watching the wrong number. So make sure you're watching the right numbers in your business. And you can only figure out what those are based on like just learning from other people. Um, you know, it's my first kick at the can of building an e-commerce business from the ground up. So I'm learning too, just like you guys. So that was a really interesting learning. All right. So another thing I did right in 2019 is that I stepped further back from more processes. So I really gave my marketing lead a lot more leeway to do things her way. And she really stepped up and took over a lot of processes and a lot of management and accountability over the team and emails and She even did Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I've never given up that control to anybody. Um, that was big. That was really big and necessary for us to, to like refocus and stuff like that. Because again, as I talk about in a lot of episodes, you can't be doing everything all the time. And oftentimes we think we're better at things than we are and that nobody else could ever do it as good as you can. And that's just a lie we tell ourselves that keeps us small. So please don't tell yourself that. Um, the more you can, process document um, things that you're doing and transfer them off to other people, the better. All right. Um, Another thing I did wrong in 2019 is I worked too much brackets again um, because in 2018, I worked too much and didn't take enough vacation. So those were two big ones that I've continued to fail on, unfortunately. Um, 2019, so I did take a vacation in April and... I went with a girlfriend of mine to Mexico and it was relaxing. I did do some work, but it wasn't really that long. It was only a couple of days. It was like four days I was away. Um, and then I went away in the summer for my cottage birthday weekend and it turned into a disaster. And I actually had to leave the weekend early. Long story that I won't repeat on here. Um, and so that was pretty much it for me. Um, and I worked a lot pretty much from September onwards. I've worked every single weekend, uh, without a break. So I'm working way too much still. Um, and I need to refocus on what's most important for sure. Um, but part of it is just startup life. You've got to work. you got to do the work. Um, but understanding the, doing the right work, I think is most important. Um, you know, and focusing and being very intentional is important as well. It's really easy to sit on your computer and do a lot of like busy email work while watching Netflix at home, but it may not be the most productive work. Um, so I need to, in 2020, look at how I can be most effective and efficient with my time and focused and start to really call back my calendar as much as I can and have more fun by the way, in 2020. And I already have a vacation planned in January. I'm going to Costa Rica. So I have three tentative vacations in 2020. You got to plan them out because if you don't, they just don't happen. Okay. Another thing I did right in 2019 is I managed our inventories really, inventory levels really well. And this was a team effort as well. Like just our production team and design team did a really good job of, you know, staying on top of everything, making sure we weren't out of stock, um, but also making sure inventory was reasonable and we're going to end the year at a really good inventory level 
even though we grew a lot last year, so in 2018, um, we had so much inventory at year end, so much so that I think we only made $5,000 worth of inventory in January, which is not a lot. We average about 50 or something like that. So I'm happy that we're ending on a lower inventory. I'm still not happy necessarily with the mix of inventory and sell through, but you know, that's just like getting forecasting is really, really difficult. Um, but I think we did a better job of staying on top of that. And I was definitely much more involved in that this year. And my team really stepped up to take ownership over that as well. So one thing I didn't do right in 2019 is we did not launch enough products. So one thing I've realized, and this is probably obvious maybe to people, but if you come from the conscious lifestyle space, um, you often get kind of chided for launching products and doing new things, but you need to launch products to grow your business because you want existing customers to come back and have a reason to come back. Um, and you want to gain new customers through excitement and stuff like that. And basically like after Q1, we didn't launch basically anything until like July. Um, so that was a problem. Uh, we had planned to launch a work pant, but basically we tested like 10 fabrics and they were not up to snuff. So we had to scrap the whole project. Um, and they were not up to our environmental standards or quality standards. And I was just not going to put something out there that was crappy, but launching a scarf in the place of a work pant is not going to make up for that revenue. So my biggest failure, I think on this whole list was just not having enough backfill in the product development pipeline to come and take over for for inevitable, what is inevitable is that products may not get produced or maybe they'll be delayed. So this year, my focus is on getting my team to fill the pipeline too much so that we can have backup options in case we need to go and um, cancel something or move something that we need to get ahead of that. And now I'm working directly with our designer um, and she reports to me now. So I'm all over this and super on top of this. And I want to make sure that we're being as efficient as possible in this area of the business because it's really, really important. All right. Another thing that I did right in 2019 is I invested a lot of time in coaching my team. So a couple of years ago, we worked with this HR firm um, called Anchor HR who helped us get... Um, key performance indicator dashboard set up and mapped out our process for running weekly meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And I did a really good job of working with my team. We did like um, annual reviews last year, um, did a bunch of promotions, gave people really solid increases um, in their salaries. And I'm really proud of my team, but I'm proud of me for making this an important part of the business because that's how you play big as a business. Um, a lot of small businesses neglect their employees until they want to leave. And I really invested in doing a lot of nice things for, I think for my team beyond salary, just like always trying to think of them and celebrate occasions and, you know, celebrate big wins in the business and keep morale high. And we have our weekly all hands meeting where we do, you know, our gratitude circle. So I think we did a really good job of managing the team this year. So another thing I did wrong in 2019 is I got really distracted by content and I didn't link it enough to product. So 
this is an interesting one because I really wanted to do something super cool like Glossier has. So Glossier has a series called, um, uh, sorry, Glossier, um, has this series called get, get ready with me. And it's basically like these celebrities putting on faces of makeup. Glossier, Glossier is like a makeup brand highly funded startup. Um, anyways, so I really wanted to do something like that. And then we wanted to do something with like women supporting women. Cause that's like really important to us. So we developed two YouTube series, women crush Wednesday and get dressed with me, get dressed with me was influencers kind of, um, getting dressed with one of our pieces and going through their morning routine. Super cool. I love that behind the scenes thing, but it, we were creating too much content that wasn't enough linked to products and sales. And as a small team, when you take somebody out of the game to create a video or edit a video, um, it's a lot of time out of the schedule. And then you're losing your core focus because I'm having to pull a, you know, somebody who works on our website to work on this. And then a lot of projects on our website when our, um, more senior graphics person left, just never got completed. So we weren't focused enough. And I totally blame that on myself for distracting people with these content ideas. Um, so we're trying to think a little bit more micro with our content and how we can collaborate with people on content this year versus creating our own content. Because creating your own content, I mean, video and photos, I think are great, but it's really hard. Like when I, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Beard Brand, not sure if you're familiar with it. It's a men's beard grooming brand. And um, they've been around for a while and had a lot of growth and stuff like that. I think they were even on Shark Tank at one point. Um, but he talked a lot about how they have this like YouTube channel. It's really great. And, da, 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 da. Um, and I do think that's really great. But a lot of their content is really tightly linked to their products. So you know, how to groom a beard, how to do this style of beard, how to do that style of beard, you know, the top 10 things about beards you didn't know. Like it's really linked. Our content was a little too, it was too many steps away from our brand. Like doing Women Crush Wednesday and profiling all these female entrepreneurs was really cool. But writing a blog post, doing the video, doing all the stories, it was a lot of effort. Um, and it was just too far from our product. Like we need to do things that are closer because we don't have the resources like, some of these brands like Glossier to like go around and do, you know, just spend like $50,000 on like videos for no reason, just because we've got the money. Um, so that's a great lesson that if you are going to be creating content, try and make it as relevant and useful and I think searchable to something that somebody would look for. So for example, instead of creating a Women Crush Wednesday video, it would have been maybe smarter to talk about, you know, the eight ways to put color into your capsule wardrobe as a video, for example. All right. So the last thing I did right in 2019 was I invested in my own personal development a lot. Now, it's funny because when I was before I was really a full-time entrepreneur, I used to laugh at people who would go away on like work vacations. Like I thought it was so dumb. I was like, who goes to like a conference and like pays to like be on vacation and learn? Like that makes no sense to me, but now it totally makes sense to me. Um, so I did a bunch of conferences this year and I went to the traffic and conversion summit in San Diego, which was all about Facebook ads, super valuable. I don't know if I'd go back, but really interesting learning. Um, and very tactical conference. 
Um, I also went to Rise Business, which is Rachel Hollis's conference. Really great conference. Um, quite expensive to attend, but extremely valuable from a leadership perspective and personally as well. Um, and I invested in Rachel Hollis's coaching program, which I did monthly. It's like group coaching, which is really, really great. Um, so, and I took on a mentor, which is paid, but it's free technically through this not for profit. Anyways, we you pay a fee, but it's a small fee. Um, so that investment in personal development is so important. I also invested in a meditation studio membership and spent a lot of money on like supplements and Barry's boot camp and workouts and sleep supplements and all this stuff because I'm trying to balance my health and wellness, which is so critical to business. I had the worst immune system in 2016, 2017, even in 2018. I'll never forget, like I burned myself on, um, well, twice really badly, which is crazy. I've never burnt myself in my life. And then I got Harlow, my puppy, in like 2017. And I was like so sleep deprived. I grabbed a pan. It's going to sound painful. I grabbed a pan with a bare hand because I was so sleep deprived and I sizzled my hand so badly I had to go, I didn't go to the hospital right away, but I went later and it got infected because my immune system was so low. 2018, same thing. I burnt my finger on something, infected. It was crazy. I was getting all these cuts and infections and just things that normally like at my age and health level, I should be able to fight off. But because I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't taking care of myself, I was man down. This year, I did a great job, I think, of resting a lot. Even though I worked a lot, I got on average, eight hours of sleep. I was meditating on average about once a week, sometimes more at the studio. I was working out like somewhere between two to four times a week, a mix between my gym and Barry's Bootcamp and Strive Life, which is my neighborhood. Um, so I really invested in myself and learning and growth. What suffered in this process of investment is prioritizing yourself doesn't necessarily prioritize others. So I really took a step back from fun and dating, which is quite frankly, not very fun for me. Um, but my personal life kind of suffered. So I really need to get more fun stuff in my life in 2020. But in terms of investing in myself and my mental health and wellness, um, that is so important. So please, please prioritize that. I cannot reiterate that enough. Okay. So the last thing I did wrong in 2019 is we stepped back from paid ads, um, and influencers a bit. So we didn't really have anybody managing influencers at the beginning of 2019. Um, I was doing it. It was very sporadic and we were working with the same people over and over again, which is not really a good thing because you're getting good content. You have great relationships, but you're often, especially in this niche that I'm in ethical fashion, if you're working with people too much, you're just serving the same people over and over again. And this comes back to watching the right numbers. So if you want to be growing new customers, you need to be reaching new audiences. Um, and same with paid ads. We did a lot of retargeting. I hired somebody in 2019 in the first six months of the year to take over our ads. Technically very proficient, but not enough investment in cold advertising, which is how you drive new customers. So at the end of the day, not really driving the metrics that actually drive the business um, so much as we needed it to be for that investment to make sense. Um, so in 2020, I need to hire somebody in-house to do paid ads because it is an important channel. 
Um, but it needs to be done properly and it needs to be aligned with your objectives. Um, influencers, we have somebody now in house working on that and he's great. Um, so we just need to get into new markets and new influencers, um, and continue to grow that channel a lot. So I said I was going to do only five and five, but I didn't want to end on a sour note. So I'm going to come back and just add in a bonus, um, thing that I did right in 2019. Um, so I would say in 2019, I definitely hit a level of maturity in my business and started to realize that, um, I am not solely responsible, but I'm majorly responsible for the growth or decline of this business. So if I want to be the head of a $50 million business in 10 years, I need to be better. And I think that came a lot from the Rise Business Conference that I went to. The fact that like the people that are sitting around the table right now in your office are probably not the people who are going to be the right people to run the business 10 years from now. They all need to invest in themselves. They all need to, you know, you need to invest in them because the skill set that you have now will not get you there. And that kind of mentality that what you have today can get you there can get you so far in business. But when you, once you start to hit the million dollar and multi-million dollar levels in your business, what got you from, you know, a hundred thousand to 200,000 to 500,000 to a couple million dollars isn't going to get you to five million dollars. You need to think differently. Um, so, I've learned that. Have I executed that? No, but I am very well aware of the fact that our growth stagnating was caused by me not being innovative enough and not investing in the right things. So I am not going to make that mistake again in 2020. So if you come back and listen to our year review next year, I think it'll be very, very different. All right. So that was my year in review. These episodes always get a ton of listens because they're super real and honest and open. So if it resonated with you, hit me up on Brave and Boss. I'd love to hear, you know, something that you did right and you did wrong in the past year because it's important to be, have self-awareness about yourself and your business so that you can move forward and grow. Um, thanks again for listening and don't forget to get the PDF template from the show notes and do your own urine review. All right. Take care guys. Talk to you soon. for listening to brave and boss the podcast if you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store you can also follow me at k-r-i-s-t-i-s-o-o-m-e-r on instagram find your purpose make it happen i'll talk to you soon